Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And the first story I have this week is health news. This is from Ars Technica. The headline reads, Blood of the young won't spare rich old people from sadness and death, FDA says. What? <laughs> what is happening? Isn't that an amazing headline? <laughs> so... The the U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued an alert on Tuesday, February 19th, warning older consumers against seeking infusions of blood plasma harvested from younger people. Harvested is a weird word there. I mean, they donated it. It's not. Yeah. (laughs) They didn't just take it. Um, But despite being peddled as anti-aging treatments and cures for a range of conditions, the transfusions are unproven and potentially harmful. Uh, In a statement, FDA Commissioner uh, Scott Gottlieb and the director of FDA's Center Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, Peter Marks, wrote, Simply put, we're concerned that some patients are being preyed upon by unscrupulous actors touting treatments of plasma from young donors as cures and remedies. So basically, places are trying to sell people young people's plasma and, like, claiming it has all these health benefits, but, like, there's actually no evidence evidence to support that. Um, So. (laughs) I've never heard of this as a... Thing. You've never heard of like people getting young people's blood injected into no. them in order to like live longer and no, like, yeah, I haven't. It's apparently a thing. Um, establishments in several states are now selling young blood pa- plasma, which is the liquid portion of the blood that contains the proteins for clotting. Uh, and the sellers suggest that doses of young plasma can treat conditions ranging from normal aging and memory loss to dementia, Parkins- Parkinson's disease, multiple sclerosis. <laughs> Uh, Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, and PTSD. So, like, a wide range of things. Who is claiming these things? These, the, peop- the places that have been selling these. Um, the oh. claims are extrapolations from preliminary findings in mouse studies. Various rodent experiments have hinted that components of young b- mouse blood may invigorate older mice, potentially acting as an anti-aging treatment. But the results are unclear, controversial, and most importantly, not proven to have any relevance to human health. So there's no evidence whatsoever that it does anything for humans. Um, however, there is evidence that there are a range of health risks associated with doing this, including spreading infectious disease, obviously, uh, triggering yeah. allergic reactions and causing lung and circular, circulatory system injuries. So you can really? cause a lot of harm to yourself with no evidence of good coming out of this. Wow. Which is, I imagine, why the FDA is doing something about it. Um, though yeah, the FDA, that's their yeah. job. Though the FDA didn't name any infusion companies specifically in its alert, one that has received a lot of media attention is a startup called Ambrosia, which I've never heard of, but apparently they've been getting some uh, some coverage. Uh, customers 30 years older, 30 years and older, can set up an infusion appointment for plasma harvested from healthy donors aged 16 to 25. A single liter goes for $8,000, <gasps> while two liters costs $12,000. So there's a discount if you buy in bulk, I guess. Um, and neither is covered by insurance as well. It should not be. Um, so yeah, it's for old rich people pretty much, but it's donated blood. <laughs> it's donated blood. I'm, they might get paid for, I think you can sell plasma. Like I think people can, they can sell their plasma too. 
Oh, okay. These companies. So I, I, I think they're they're making some money off of it. It would be kind of weird if they were donating it, donating and it, and just getting to resold. Sell it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I'm pretty sure you can, you, they can pay you for it, which is kind of weird in itself. Um, the company conducted a clinical trial of its infusions in 2016. Um, the trial involved 200 patients aged 35 or older and was said to assess biomarkers in the blood related to aging and certain diseases. However, it's unclear how the trial turned out or if the company has released any of the results because the website simply states that a trial, quote, studied the benefits of young plasma, end quote. That's it. Wow. So they yeah, pretty much said we did it. We did a not... trial and that's it. That's... <laughs> There's no further information. Uh, so, yeah, it's a super shady practice. Uh, that sounds like something out of like a near future sci-fi sort of thing, but is apparently actually happening and it's got no benefits whatsoever that we know of and a lot of risks. So, so if you're older than 30, (laughs) if you're over 30 and rich, I guess save your money, do do something more productive with that cash. Yeah. I, I'd never even heard of that. And yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it as a joke. I didn't realize it was a real thing. (laughs) Like people like infusing themselves with young blood to like not age, which is just the idea itself sounds ridiculous. Like why would that do anything? Like why? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. People come up with some crazy things. Okay. My first story is space slash food news. Whoa. Wow. Okay. (laughs) It's a mashup. This is from space.com. There's gourmet coffee, and then there's coffee roasted by the searing heat of re-entry into the Earth's atmosphere from the edge of space. The latter is the goal of the company Space Roasters, whose plan calls for a special bean roasting capsule to fall from about 110 to 125 miles above Earth's surface. Quote, We believe the idea of taking a seemingly ordinary Earth-based activity of roasting coffee beans and demonstrating the use of space technology to achieve a better product will stimulate the general population to think outside the box. It will also encourage others to realize that space is not just for satellites, but for just about anything the mind can ponder, Coffee Roasters founders told Room Magazine. The founders also told Room that traditional coffee is roasted in a spinning heated drum where beans contact the sides of the container and heat unevenly. Many manufacturing processes in space can take advantage of microgravity to keep material evenly mixed and avoid the effects at the edges of containers. And Coffee Roaster's plan is to make use of that situation to evenly roast their beans by distributing the heat from re-entry caused by friction between fast-moving capsule and particles in Earth's atmosphere among four gas and bean-filled chambers. Their goal is to space-roast coffee beans by 2020 and serve them first in Dubai before expanding internationally. (laughs) Though the founders don't propose a price for this coffee, Eric Berger from Ars Technica calculates that with launch costs alone, the coffee could cost about $200 a cup. With the cost of design development and the capsule itself, the per cup cost after the beans are recovered could reach up to $500 for one cup. So you couldn't see it, but I was slowly imploding as Alex read that story. This This, is one of the dumber things I've heard in my life. 
I actually think this might be the craziest, like one of the craziest stories, if not the craziest story I have found for this podcast. Yes, I would. Yeah. Like it's probably in the top three. That it. At least. First of all, first of all, (laughs) heat up there is the same as heat down. Like it's heat. It's going to roast it the same. Like that's. (laughs) Why? Why? I have. Because it will roast, air quotes, more evenly. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it won't be noticeable to anyone. It's, uh, this is so, Anthony, uh, there are people in this uh, world. I know. That will pay for this. I literally just, I literally just write a story about people paying to put young people's blood inside (laughs) them. So like. Right. Thousands of dollars. I know somebody will pay for it. I'm not going to not judge them though, just because I know they will. Yeah, I'm judging them too. I'm judging them too. That's insanity. What a waste of resources. If you're these people and this actually works and you make money off of this, like what is this world coming to? Yeah, we've like, we, there's gotta be more ideas we can do that aren't space roasted coffee. We've like, there's, we haven't exhausted all ideas yet. This guy's probably smart. He could come up with a lot of cool inventions. If he's able to launch things into space, like probably like at least, I mean, Literally, it's rocket science. I don't know. <laughs> you can't apply that to something more meaningful, right? Than space Any, roasted coffee. Anything more meaningful, <laughs> like the God. This, this is making me so mad. <laughs> I can tell Anthony's really upset by this story. You can't see it, but he's just like I just visibly upset. We have um, so many other problems to solve. Yeah, one of them isn't more evenly roasting coffee. And if that is the problem, I bet you can solve it without launching it into space. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is probably the least efficient possible way to do this. Like I cannot think of a less efficient way of accomplishing this goal. Surely they didn't go to their engineers and be like, come up with a more efficient way to make like, evenly roasted coffee and the first idea was space put it in space put it up in space and then knock no. it back down like so they okay, must have so I, they i'm pretty sure blew past a bunch of ideas or they just had this idea that, that the people involved in this idea were familiar with space physics and they knew the properties of like things that happen to materials in space and they're like i wonder what else we could like put into this environment to make this happen with that thing. And then they, they looked were like, at their oh, desk and they're like, oh, there's coffee yeah, there. I think it was like First that. Thing it, they wasn't, saw. it wasn't like they were actually trying to solve a problem of coffee being I mean, really roasted. I Is guess that really a problem? <laughs> I guess we're lucky they didn't like see a tape dispenser first. And now we have space tape for no reason. Yeah. I think it was just, I don't know. It was just like, let's put something in this environment as it's re-entering the earth's atmosphere. Oh, coffee sounds fun. Then we could sell it to people for a lot of money. I don't know. Uh, like drop it in a volcano or something? I don't know. Drop like, it in a volcano. That's at least on Earth, right? Spin it real fast, <laughs> drop it in a volcano. There. That's like, Just, it's going to get even hotter, I bet. Will it be evenly roasted, though? I don't care. That's the problem. <laughs> Duh, this, uh. <laughs> anyway, um... Yeah, they said they want to do this by 2020, so that's a really soon. Fine. Whatever. And I'm now just like, wow. I don't care. If in, you know, a year and a half from now, we have a story of like, these people launched coffee into space and then came back down and it was roasted. I'd be like, what is this world? 
cool, <sighs> fine, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. Okay, we can move on. Put that fuel towards anything else. <laughs> Literally anything else. Power like 20 million cars. Like, I don't... Yeah. This is so dumb. The end of rant. Let's move on. It's a good thing I'm all worked up because this next story is also going to get me worked up. Next story is technology news. This one comes from The Verge, and I'm mostly bringing it up because it's also a personal grievance. (laughs) (laughs) And dang it, I have a platform. The headline reads, people are complaining that Spotify's new interface buries the repeat button. And this is very true. Have you, do you use Spotify on your phone at all? Yeah. Have you updated recently? I don't know. I guess not if I haven't noticed this. Yeah. So, uh, like the latest version of Spotify, I don't even know at my phone now. if I need to read my notes on this because I can just talk spout about, it? My, spout about my own uh, issues with it. Uh, they took the repeat. So, you know how they've got like the play control in the middle the forward and backwards controls next to that. Mm-hmm. They've got shuffle and they got repeat on the outside of that. Mm-hmm. Instead of the repeat button, they've moved the repeat button into a submenu that you have to click <gasps> on to like to get to it at all. And they replaced it with a share button. Like the icon, you mean? Or like, like the sh- like the sh- like the one that like you click and it's like share to Facebook or share to Twitter Wait, or whatever. What? Wait, so you can't repeat? You no. can, but it's in a submenu. You have to click on a like a separate menu. Oh, they they put the share button in that spot. You they mean? put the share button in that spot, and oh, then they put the repeat button in what? a menu that also has the share function in it. What? <laughs> so they've duplicated the paths on which you can go to share things, but hid the repeat button for no apparent reason. <laughs> okay, that's so annoying. See, I'm I'm gonna sound way more mad about this because I'm still upset about the coffee thing, <laughs> and honestly, a little bit about the the blood thing too, but. <laughs> I use this that button my, all the time. I use it all the time. And also, for some reason, every single time that I have, to, like, Spotify ends up restarting itself, I have to re-enable, like, repeat all. So I don't know what that's about. But now I have to go to a separate menu to do it. and That's really annoying. It's really frustrating. Um, I'm trying to, let's see if there's anything I didn't already cover in my ranting. Um, da 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 yeah, now it's now it's in the ellipsis menu up in the upper right, along with the Q button, like the one to access your current like your Q. You have mm-hmm. to also go into a submenu for that. Less annoying, but not also used to be like a single tap, and now it's multiple, and it's kind of annoying. Um, Apparently, they asked around at the Verge, and people don't use their repeat button very often, which really? confused me. Um, a couple of reactions included: only cops use the repeat button. I don't know what that means, and. <laughs> And my favorite reaction, I just keep pressing the back button when I need to listen to Thank You Next a million times, which I was actually listening to Thank You Next when I found this story, so I decided I had to, I had to it bring it. It was a sign. It was a sign. Um, I wasn't listening to it on repeat. I already got that out of my system. But, like, so apparently they weren't that upset by it, but, like, I use that button all the time. Or if you want, like, if you want to repeat a song over and over again, like, that's the only way to do yeah. that easily. Or if right. you're listening to an album and you don't want it to stop playing when you get to the end of it, like you have, you to, have to enable go, repeat. You have to enable that, right? Because it's not. And it's on off by default. default, which is really annoying. Um, the Verge reached out to Spotify about the changes, and a company representative said, "We are always testing new products and features. Nothing to share at the moment, which is nothing." 
So yeah, they'll probably change it back if there's enough. I hope comments. so. I just don't know. So side note for our listeners, I just want to clarify too that I think Anthony and I both are sort of in tune with like problems with user experience design yeah. in like software and stuff. So it's kind of a big part of both of our jobs. Right. So I get especially <laughs> annoyed by this. Um, I do too. It comes from a different place, but I also get annoyed by this because I understand the importance of like user feedback and being in tune with how users use right. your stuff. Exactly. And maybe they had like statistics or whatever that showed that people were sharing more often than using the repeat I button, but I doubt can't that. imagine. Or that like, sounds like include um, them both on the same page. Want, There's room. Yeah. We want people to share our stuff more. So why don't we just put the share button right here so it's easy to access? I bet you anything that was the reasoning. Oh, I'm this. sure. Because if you share, then they, they get more clicks and they get more listens like, like, and they get more money. So right. I'm sure that's why. But it's like if they want to make it more prominent, just put it there, like put it in the main page also. Yeah. Why can't you? Right. Would not like there's room like their UI. Is I don't know. Maybe sparse. we're unique. Maybe a lot of people don't use a repeat button. I, I use it all not. the time. I just use it. I use it all the time. I don't know. I'm so I'm very frustrated by that change. And I just wanted to to take it out in the one place where I get to shout into a microphone. <laughs> I haven't updated my Spotify yet, so should I just not update it? Yeah, I guess just until it <laughs> until it forces an update on you. Yeah. I I'm going to hold, hold out. out. Okay, my next story is animal news. This is from National Geographic. And the headline is, How Sea Snakes Surrounded by Saltwater Quench Their Thirst. I found this very interesting. I've never wondered this before, but now I'm dying to know. Right? Yeah. Most yellow-bellied sea snakes spend their entire lives at sea. They rarely end up on land and are vulnerable there since their paddle-shaped tails and keeled undersides make crawling difficult. Armed with potent venom, they drift in a vast territory that encompasses much of the world's oceans, riding the currents and hunting fish near the sea surface. Like other reptiles, these creatures need to drink water to survive. Mm -hmm. But how does an animal surrounded by salt water quench its thirst? It used to be thought that these serpents drank from the ocean water and secreted the salt. Um, but recent work has proven this false and has shown that various sea snake species don't drink pure salt water even when they're dehydrated. And while sea snakes do have glands that secrete salt, they are proportionately small and secrete the minerals slowly, making them unable to give the animals all the fresh water they need. A new study published this month looking at yellow-bellied sea snakes in Costa Rica found that the snakes rehydrate at sea by drinking rainwater that collects on the ocean's surface. What? Uh, the researchers studied snakes that had been collected from the ocean before and after rain and found that the latter group was significantly less thirsty than the former group. So they like took snakes from the ocean at different, like after different like weather patterns and then like tried to give them water and saw if they like drank the water or not. Huh. And that's how they figured out that like after it rained, those yeah. snakes like weren't thirsty. So yeah, they must have been I guess I was wondering it. for a second, like how did they know if it's thirsty? They can't ask it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they did it because yeah. they... Like, if it's thirsty, it's going to drink, drink the water, water that's given. Sure. It. So yeah. that's how they did it. But this didn't really go into a lot of detail about, like, how the snakes do accomplish this. But Is rainwater, like, able? does rainwater, like, float on the surface of the ocean? Maybe. Because it's different Is that, like, like a density, density thing? I, I don't like, know. Maybe it takes a few seconds or something to actually, like, like dissolve into the rest of the mm -hmm. water or something. And that 
is enough time for them to kind of skim it off the surface. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I could imagine something like that being right. true. But they did not go into detail about that part, but they said that that's what they're, they've basically found. Huh. That's interesting. And it's cool because for years people thought that they were just drinking the salt water and secreting salt because they had these like salt excretion glands or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of like debunking that. Yeah. And they probably have to still like secrete some salt because I imagine the the rainwater isn't pure once it hits the ocean, but like it's probably a lesser amount. So it's just a little bit of like residual stuff. It's not like they're just drinking the salt water. That's really cool, man. So there's so many questions about nature you don't even think of until somebody's like, hey. Yeah. What about this? <laughs> what about this? What do, you th- what do you think about this? Did you ever think about this? I did not. Whoa. I did not think about that. And now I have. Yeah. And I don't know why, but I have never really thought a lot about sea snakes and how they're different from land snakes. But like, they're just in the water. Yeah. The whole I, time. I don't know like, how excited I am about the fact that they're in most of the oceans and venomous. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Like, I generally so. like snakes, but I, like, having them in water, they're in a 3D space. Like, land snakes, yeah, yeah. I'm just worried about them being on the floor. Right. <laughs> the ground, I guess. <laughs> Unless they get inside. But in water, they could be but all water, around they you. But in water, they could be, they've got another axis to travel upon. Yeah. So. It's a little freaky. A little freaky. Especially yeah. if, if they can bite me. But Pretty much anything dangerous in the ocean is like that. That's true. Actually. Yeah. I don't ocean like the ocean. <laughs> I'm going to stay out of the ocean from now on, I think. Uh, my next story is also animal news. And it's also about a dangerous sea creature. <laughs> wow. Except this is a little more hopeful of a story. Um, not that that wasn't hopeful, <laughs> but like... It was, it was neutral. Yeah, it was like a neutral. A tinge of like... Danger. If I were just alone in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> dangerousness, but yeah. you know. You'll understand what I'm ranting about when I actually say. Uh, This is from Gizmodo. Uh, Newly decoded great white shark genome hints at why they're so indestructible. Uh, Wow. So for the first time, scientists say they've fully unspooled the genome of the great white, a discovery that will help us better understand why sharks are so good at warding off cancer and other age-related diseases, information that could someday help people do the same. Uh, The study was published Monday in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, And it was a collaboration between researchers at many institutions, including the Monterey Bay Aquarium, the Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine, and this is my favorite, the Nova Nova Southeastern University Save Our Seas Foundation Shark Research Center, (laughs) (laughs) or this helpful acronym I I wrote up, (laughs) N-S-U-S-O-S-F-S-R-C. Not very helpful. (laughs) I can't even remember the acronym. (laughs) Neither can I. What was it's that, 10 pronounced letters? pronounced Insusosassafras. So. Insusosassafras. Insusosassafras. Okay. Perfect. Uh, they found that the great white isn't just large physically. Um, the larger female shark can uh, come in at around 15 feet and weigh up to 5,000 pounds, so they're pretty <sighs> big. Um, but genetically, it's also pretty large because its genome is about 50% larger than ours. Um so they got more genes. Its genome is larger than ours. Its genome is larger. Interesting. Yeah. Um, they found that the great white has many genes that help it heal quickly, including genes that help sharks, uh, shark cells repair damage and speed up the growth of clots and new cells after a wound or injury. So they literally are 
self-healing um, hmm. to a greater extent than we are. Um, but also, animals that have longer lifespans, um, great whites can live to over 70 years, so they are big and live long, um, are more likely to develop harmful mutations in their cells over time thanks to accumulating DNA damage. Uh, these mutations raise the risk of cancer and other age-related diseases, but the great white uh, possesses highly active genes known to prevent cells from growing out of control, which is an attribute known as genetic stability. So basically it has genes that prevent stuff from like growing like crazy as well, which is like cancer. cancer? Um, that we don't have. Huh. Um, and uh, this is a quote from um, Mahmoud uh, Shivji, who's the director of Nasusa Sassafras. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, genome instability is a very important issue in many serious human diseases. Now we find that nature has developed clever strategies to maintain the stability of genomes in these large-bodied, long-lived sharks. There are still t- there's still tons to be learned from these evolutionary marvels, including information that will potentially be useful to fight cancer and age-related diseases and improve wound healing treatments in humans as we uncover how these animals do it. Um, and they also expect that these discoveries will... Um, be beneficial because great whites are endangered and this might be further encouragement to protect them. Oh yeah. So it's like a win-win situation. Yeah. So they've got the, a lot of really cool genes in them that are basically able to keep, keep them alive longer and prevent these diseases. They're not immune to cancer, but it's very uncommon in sharks. I like the wound healing. I mean that they're, they're all cool, but like I, I was thinking about the wound healing, like one day maybe we could like, inject something around <laughs> your wound and it would just like heal in 24 hours or something. Just like young people plasma. <laughs> <laughs> just inject just it right inject into shark plasma. Into shark your, plasma right into your veins. Yeah. Ugh. But it sounds like the beginning of a Marvel something. Shark man. Shark man. <laughs> okay. My third story is health news. And this is from USA Today. Unfortunately, it's about another recall. Oh, it's, it's been a little bit since we've had one of those. So. This time, it's a recall of baby gripe water. Sorry? <laughs> this is a real product. Uh-huh. It's called gripe water. Yeah. And it's like a liquid with like minerals and like stuff infused in it that's supposed to help infants with like that are like gassy or having or like colicky or being fussy or something, or like having stomach issues. I've never heard of this before. So if a baby has gripes, they drink this water? Yeah. Hmm. I I guess that's why it's called gripe water, but I don't know. I've never heard of that. Never have either, but uh, apparently some uh, brand of gripe water (laughs) sold at Dollar General (laughs) is being recalled due to a possible choking hazard, according to an FDA recall notice. It's water. How do you choke on water? Uh, <laughs> Apparently, it has an undissolved ingredient in it, uh, citrus flavonoid, which is like, what is that? What? I'm assuming it's some like artificial flavoring agent or something, and okay. it's like, not always dissolved correctly in the water. And so if you have like a sensitive throat, apparently, according to the notice, you could struggle with swallowing the product. Huh. Um, they've had one report of a one-week-old infant having difficulty swallowing the product and three other complaints about undissolved citrus flavonoid. <laughs> so they voluntarily decided to, the um, manufacturer decided to recall it 
Well, that's good before anything happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. They come in four ounce amber bottles with an oral syringe and they are sold by Dollar General. And again, this product is called baby oh, gripe water. Ba- baby gripe water. That's okay. Never heard of that I've before never heard in my life. That is the, the weirdest combination of words. Baby gripe water. Baby gripe water. Yeah, I read the headline and I was like, what? What on earth? What is this? Gripe water. Gripe water. Gripe. Doesn't it just sound weird? It does sound weird. Launch it into space. Okay, it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Ready, set, go! Go! Uh, The story that I found is from Deadline.com, which I've never heard of, but it sure had some news on it. Um, The headline reads, Green Eggs and Ham, Michael Douglas, Adam Devine, uh, Diane Keaton among voice cast for Ellen DeGeneres' Netflix series. Have you heard of this? No! So apparently they're making a Green Eggs and Ham um, like animated series for Netflix that's uh, debuting this fall on the streaming platform. Um, The Ellen (laughs) Ellen DeGeneres-produced adaptation of the Dr. Seuss classic will feature Michael Douglas, Adam Devine, Diane Keaton, Alana Glazer, Eddie Izzard, Tracy Morgan, Keegan-Michael Key, David Diggs, John Turturro, Jeffrey Wright, and Jillian Bell as among his voice actors. Wow. Like, that's an insane cast. Yeah. There is some crazy talent in there. Um, the uh, series will be based on the book loosely um, and will follow uh, the characters Guy and Sam. Uh, Sam I am and uh, Guy am I, I guess, is the origin oh, of those names. Oh, was that the other one? Uh, I guess so. Um <laughs> Uh, it will follow them as they venture out on a road trip to save an endangered animal from a far-off zoo. And along the way, they tr- learn to try new things like hope, friendship, and the uh, the dish from the title of the show, Green Eggs and Ham. Um, they also pointed out who voices who on the show, but like, half, of the, half of these aren't recognizable characters. They just have really funny names, so I'm just going to read them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. There's people voicing Sam I Am, Guy Am I, a character named Eb, uh, Michelle, uh, there's a narrator, there's a character named Snurs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a character Snurs. Snurs. There's a character named McWinkle. <laughs> Glunts. <laughs> and then there's Goat, Fox, and Mouse. So okay. just those are less funny, but <laughs> Snurs is Snurs. I really enjoy that. And Snurs is voiced by Eddie Izzard, who is just one of my nice. all-time favorites. Um, and the series really was... fun. Yes, I'm, I'm, like, really excited. I'm probably definitely going to watch this. Um, probably, probably definitely. Probably definitely. <laughs> uh, the series was announced in 2015 and has been three years in the making, because that's how time works. Um, and at the time, it was expected to be one of the highest-end, most expensive programs produced for television. I don't know if that's true now. Probably hmm. competing with things like Game of Thrones. I don't know if that's possible, but it's still like with that cast. Wow. And I assume the production yeah. values are going to be pretty good. So I'm really excited. Well, that sounds yeah, great. Yeah, I'm willing to watch it. Yeah. I'm glad you, or I'm glad that this had info on like the plot because I was going to ask that. Cause like, like, what are you going to do with a book that's that book like, isn't enough material no. to make a whole show? 
Yeah, I could see them making like an animated special of it, but yeah, not an like, entire series. So. Like an hour of content. Yeah. Maybe. I'm curious what it'll what it'll be like, like what it'll actually yeah. end up being about, but I'm I, I, I'm definitely willing to give it a chance with that with that cast. Yeah. And Ellen DeGeneres is a very creative and smart and funny individual. So Yes. I don't know if she's actually gonna be like voicing any characters. I wouldn't be surprised. She's but got, she's, she's like, done voice acting stuff. Is before, she involved so. in the She's, she's a a producer, producing the so so she's probably involved in the creative decisions for it. I believe so. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure she'll definitely have a hand in it. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So I found another health news from the BBC, and the headline is sepsis test could show results in minutes. So someone developed a new test for sepsis that's like almost instant results. That sounds good. Yeah. It's like um, the rapid strip, but for sepsis. Yeah. Which sepsis is life threatening? <laughs> so <laughs> good. <laughs> is, can people die from strep infections? I, I imagine you wouldn't die from the strep itself. Probably from complications related. Interesting. To it. Completely I, but I have, unrelated. But, but I am not a doctor. I have no idea. So do not take that advice. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Don't take that medical either. advice. Just I don't know. Hypothetical about questions. It. We yeah. don't know. Okay. So um, a new rapid test for earlier diagnosis of sepsis is being developed by. University of Strathclyde researchers. Uh, the device, which has been tested in a lab, may be capable of producing results in two and a half minutes. Uh, diagnosing sepsis can be a complex process. Um, it's estimated that 52,000 people in the UK die every year from sepsis. It's like a huge number. Wow. Um, wow. That's all. Which, if you don't lot. know what sepsis is, I believe it's when you, an infection becomes blood borne or yeah. Yeah, it like gets into your bloodstream. It enters the bloodstream. Right. Um, so apparently early diagnosis of this is key because for every hour that antibiotic treatment is delayed, the likelihood of death increases if you have this. So it's super <laughs> crucial to like get it diagnosed as soon as possible. Right. Um, and it says the diagnosis of sepsis now is usually based on clinical judgment, body temperature, heart rate, breathing rate, and a series of blood tests. Um, but they can take up to 72 hours to get the blood test results back for the person because that that's just how long like traditional blood tests take and the risk increases every hour yeah. they said so yeah. that's a let's it's see like not one, good two it's 72 hours <laughs> so yeah so basically either you have to have a doctor that's really experienced and can tell from just your body signs like i think you have sepsis we need to like do this and like be very confident in that and start giving you the right. treatment or if they order the blood test you have to wait Whew. at least like a couple days to know for sure so Anyway, now they've developed this thing. No wonder um, so many people die then. Yeah. If like, jeez. I didn't know that. that I didn't that was either. The case for that. Um, I don't know if it's different in the U.S. I'm assuming it's the same Probably. kind of situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it looks like this isn't available for clinical use yet. But they published on it that it's effective. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Game medical advances. Okay, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday. And as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other service you want to use. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at, at knickknacknews. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.